Thank you, Brother Garrett. Nancy, 2 Chronicles, excuse me, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. If you mark in your Bibles, you may notice that we've preached from this passage of Scripture before, and it was probably somewhere around the Thanksgiving season. And I know a lot of you have some family gatherings going on this week. And you'll go to the family gathering and everybody will spread out the food on the table. And, you know, they just, we run out of counter space a lot of times. And, you know, a lot of times it's food that you've had before. It's your favorites for Thanksgiving. Uh, it's not like, well, there's, there's no new stuff here. Well, I know this passage of scripture we've, we've studied before at Thanksgiving. Uh, but I like looking at this passage of scripture around Thanksgiving but, but don't worry that I'm going to give you a leftover sermon. I'm just grabbing my sermon notes from another uh, time because I can't find any sermon notes that I've preached before. Your pastor does not have a filing system for his sermon notes. I have a piling system. I mean, they're in a box somewhere. So you're not getting a, a, a warmed-over sermon, but we are looking at a favorite passage of Scripture for Thanksgiving, just like you probably have your favorite food for Thanksgiving. And if it's not there, you kind of feel cheated. It's, you know, so we're looking at the same passage of Scripture concerning Thanksgiving. Some of my earliest memories of public school have to do with Thanksgiving because in public school, they start, of course, with American history. Where do you start with American history? You start with American history when the settlers came over and uh, then, of course, as you're dealing with the early settlers and all, conveniently around November, you're to the point about where Thanksgiving came up. And I remember, of course, all the lessons about Thanksgiving. I remember having to do your, your hand and the turkey and that sort of thing and all the artwork and everything. You know, we always have some fond memories about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a part of American history. And I would say Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving holiday is a part of our personal history. Because that was always a wonderful thing to have that week out of school before, of course, two weeks later you had the Christmas break. That week out of school is kind of woven into my memory because uh, it was beautiful. You're out of school, it was cool, it was the holidays, you get together with all your cousins and so forth. You know, it's a part of our history, it's a part of American history, but it's not an American original. Thanksgiving is not an American original. As we see in this passage of scripture, uh, Thanksgiving's been going on for thousands of years. The event that we're looking at here happened about 3,065 years ago, uh, give or take a few years, uh, but it's a long time ago. And if you do a little bit of research, you realize there's probably about eight different countries that have some sort of Thanksgiving recognition. So even though it's not an American origin, original, I like to think of Thanksgiving as our holiday. I like Thanksgiving, and I'll claim it as my holiday, and I hope you do too. Second, First Chronicles, excuse me, chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. First Chronicles, chapter 16, beginning in verse 1. Would you stand as the scriptures read, please? <clears throat> so they brought the ark of God and set it in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. And they offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before God. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. And he distributed to every one of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. 
And he appointed some of the Levites to minister before the ark of the Lord and to commemorate, to thank, and praise the Lord God of heaven, of Israel. Asaph, the chief, next to him, Zechariah, then Jael, then Shemiramoth, and Jehiel, Mattathiah, Eliab, Eliab Benaniah, Obed-Edom, Jael with string instruments and harps. But Asaph made music with cymbals. Benaniah and Jehaziel, the chief, regularly blew trumpets before the ark of the covenant of God. On that day, David first delivered this psalm into the hand of Asaph and his brethren to thank the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing psalms to him. Talk of his wondrous works. Glory in his name. Let the hearts of those rejoice who seek the Lord. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face forevermore. Remember his marvelous works which he hath done. Skip down to verse 23. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is also to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the peoples are idols. But the Lord made the heaven. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. The earth also is firmly established, it shall not be moved. Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad, let them say among the nation, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar in all its fullness. Let the field rejoice, all that is in it. The trees of the woods will rejoice before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for Thanksgiving holiday. We thank you for every day that you give to us, for the breath that we breathe, and we ask that every breath we give glory to your name. But as we pause as a, a country, as we pause as a people, help us, Father, to give glory to your name. Remind us of who you are and who we are, and may we give you the thanks and the praise and the glory that's worthy of the name by which you're called. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You may be seated. This, of course, is like our own Thanksgiving holiday in that this is a national holiday. This had to deal with a country, a nation, specifically the nation of Israel. It was a celebration for an event, the Ark of the Covenant. And if you remember the Ark of the Covenant, that was so crucial and important in the days of the traveling of the Hebrew children for 40 years in the wilderness. The Ark of the Covenant, of course, we know uh, after the wanderings in the wilderness became pretty much established at first one place and another, and at one time it was a man's house. And David said, this should not be. There should be a central place of worship, and the Ark of the Covenant should be here. And so... They erected a tabernacle after the pattern in the Old Testament, of course, in the book of the law. They erected that tabernacle after that pattern there in Jerusalem. And they brought the Ark of the Covenant, had a big parade. 
And it was a national holiday because if you understand, the Hebrew people, of course, that was a spiritual family of all who worshiped God, but also it was a national group, Israel, the nation of Israel. So it was a national holiday. And like our national holiday, it was complete with food. It says here, he distributed to everyone of Israel, both man and woman, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. I believe the King James says a flagon of wine. What it had to do with some grapes. There was only two ways you could more less store grapes and have them long term. That was raisins, and of course, they would take the, the grape juice and they would ferment it naturally in wine skins and so forth. Uh, but it had to do with grapes. Now, sometimes we are prone to give the Bible our own interpretation. So I'm looking at this holiday, and I cannot help but look at this holiday in the lens of my own Americanized uh, upbringing. I'm looking at a loaf of bread and a piece of meat. And so there's some sort of a hamburgers or something going on here. We had some sort of a, a barbecue or something. We had some meat and some bread, and obviously there had to be a raisin pie in there somewhere. I'm just saying, all right? There's just... It was a great time, though, and it was a national holiday, and it was celebrated with food. But it was also a worship service involving the assembly of worshipers in a place of worship. Now, that's important for us. When it comes to the essence of true thanksgiving, we can thank God anywhere we are. But when we really are wanting to thank God, one place really should be included of the places where we thank God, and that is in the sanctuary where we worship. At this point, it was a tabernacle. Now, what we say about that, it was curtains, tents. It was fabric. It was, it was just what they had in the wilderness. But it was their place of worship. It was a place of worship there in Jerusalem. They Worshippers probably weren't in walls like this because that structure wouldn't hold all of them. It would just hold the altar and the priest and all those things. They were all gathered outside. That was their place of worship. In my memory of Thanksgiving, and this is quite interesting, in public school, one of the first passages of the scripture other than the 23rd Psalm that we were introduced to as public school children was the 100th Psalm. And I want to turn to the 100th Psalm and read that because there's some details here concerning thanksgiving and the essence of thanksgiving that we want to point out. The 100th Psalm. In fact, I think, I think it was in my third grade class, we were asked to memorize this psalm. And I, I memorized it pretty well. Know it, not every word by heart. If I had to, I probably could. But I like this psalm. We memorized this psalm. The 100th Psalm, and I, I love this psalm because I thought this is quite interesting. Even as a kid, I remember the word thanksgiving was actually in this psalm. So I realized the Bible talks about thanksgiving. I thought it was the actual holiday at that time. I know it's not the holiday, but the state of the heart, right? In the 100th Psalm, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who hath made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. 
Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. And the truth endures to all generations. Enter to his gates with thanksgiving. And into his courts with praise. At that time, the temple was built. And so what David was talking about was that large place that was built that had plenty of room for worshipers to come in. And he said, make sure that you enter into his courts. Now, there's two things here. First of all, let's make sure we enter into the courts. Well, you're here. And so uh, I know that you already realize the importance of being here, but let us never lose that. It's important for God's people to come together in a central place of worship to worship. Now, also what's important about this passage of Scripture, what are we going to do when we get here? What do we do at church? There's several things that we do at church, but one thing that ought to be on the list of priorities, when we come into this building, we should come into this building and be ready to give thanks to God for all things that he's given us. Even of our hardest times, even our worst times, we have things to be thankful for, if for nothing else, because of who God is, and that never changes. And God's love for us, that never changes. We live in a world that's sometimes rough and hard, and sometimes life is hard. God never changes. And so we come in here, and it did involve a place of worship. It did involve a sanctuary. So we realize Thanksgiving should always should always bring our hearts and our feet into the place of worship. But we have in this passage of Scripture and in the 100th Psalm a picture of the essence of genuine thankfulness. What does it look like? What does it do for us to genuinely give thanks? We understand, first of all, it involves the heart. In this passage of Scripture, we'll look at a couple of things. It, 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 we know that people were rejoicing. They were very happy. And, and thanksgiving involves our heart. In other words, our heart really needs to be in it. When our heart's really in it, joy will be part of what we're feeling. In the 100th Psalm, it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all ye lands. Come before his presence with singing. So we realize there was joy in the house. There was some happiness in the house. I know that sometimes it is a serious thing to come into the house of the living God, but God's people, of all people, ought to be happy people and joyful people, even in our toughest times. And it says, make a joyful noise to the Lord. And I suppose if you're making a joyful noise to the Lord, you pretty well probably need to be smiling about it, right? So we need to look happy while we are happy. And we had singing and praise. In this passage of Scripture, it says that they sang to the Lord. But it also says they had stringed instruments. They had cymbals. They had a horn section somewhere. They had quite a music service there. And they included all these things. And this went on throughout the day as they were thanking the Lord. So we have joy. That would probably be pretty obvious that you would have joy while you're thanking the Lord. But there's another aspect of true thankfulness. This is found over in the New Testament in Philippians chapter 4. Many of you know this passage by heart. But I want to read that because it's important for us to understand that thankfulness brings a lot into our lives when we're truly 
thankful to God. We have, of course, joy and singing and praise and worship. In the Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, be anxious or worried about nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, look at this, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. What is the result of a truly thankful heart? Peace. And we need that. What's the opposite of peace? Well, he, he says that in the, in the preceding verse. Be anxious about nothing. Worry. And, and worry plagues us. Because there's a lot to worry about, isn't it? A lot to worry about. There's a lot to worry about that we all know about, just the condition of the world in general. Then you have the things that you're going to worry about because you have things and you're going on in your life. Some of the things going on in your life, people know about it. There's sickness or death or so forth. And some of the things only you know about. Only you would know. Private things that nobody else may know about, so we worry about them, but God knows about them. When we're truly thankful, it says... Bring these things to God with thanksgiving, and it says the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your hearts and minds. Now, why is it a peace of God that passes all understanding? People cannot understand how we can have a heart of peace and tranquility with all that we're facing. But you see, that's what God does. And when we're truly thankful and we're communicating with God, that brings with it some peace. There's a, a psalm that we've read before and maybe we didn't, didn't connect it with thanksgiving, but it does connect with thanksgiving in the 57th Psalm. The 57th Psalm. Psalm 57, verse 1. Be merciful to me, O God, be merciful to me. And here's the familiar picture. For my soul trusts in you, and in the shadow of your wings I will make my refuge until these calamities have passed by. I will cry out to God most high, to God who performs all things for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches the one who would swallow me up. And there's that word selah. You know what that word selah means? That stop a while and think calmly about this truth. Well, there's that peace again. God will send forth his mercy and his truth. Down in verse 7, my heart is steadfast. Oh God, my heart is steadfast. I will sing and give thanks. There's thanksgiving. Awake, my glory. Awake, lute and harp. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing to you among the nations. For your mercy reaches into the heavens and your truth to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be above all the earth. See, what we're dealing with here in this passage of Scripture, what saturates this passage of Scripture is this, confidence. Total confidence in God. My soul trusts in you in the shadow of your wings. 
I'll take my refuge. And then he says, my heart is steadfast. I like the King James version of this because the King James version says, my heart is fixed. The reason I like that is because that's a little good little sermon point because in the English language, fixed means two things, doesn't it? It means to be repaired. You've got to fix something. That means you're going to repair it. In God, our hearts are repaired. Our broken hearts are restored. Our lives, our broken soul is fixed. It's repaired. But the original meaning of this, and we know this, to be fixed is to be fastened down to something solid. My heart is fastened to something solid. My heart is steadfast. It is fixed. It is stable. And then, of course, interwoven with all this trust is what? Thanksgiving. His thanks to God can be a result of his confidence in God. The confidence he has in God can also be a result of his heart of thanksgiving. It's hard to tell, but they all go together, don't they? So we know that there's confidence and peace. When we're truly thankful, there'll be a heart of dedication. In the 40th Psalm, verse 8, David says, I delight to do your will. And it's quite interesting. We might investigate that psalm and find out exactly if, if thanksgiving and praise is mentioned in there. But as I mentioned in the bulletin, in the Hebrew Bible, the whole book of Psalms is entitled Psalms of Praise. Every single one of them is meant to be a praise to God. So in the middle of all this, David says, I will delight to do your will. Whose will? God's will. That's what I want to do. My delight, what makes me happier, what will fill my life, what I want in my life is to do his will. And that is found in a psalm of praise. So it involves the heart, but true thanksgiving also results in some action. You see, thanksgiving does something. It's not just a, a feeling. It does something. True thanksgiving will accomplish something. In the 50th Psalm, verse 14, offer to God thanksgiving, pay your vows to the Most High. When we're truly thankful, watch this, we'll keep our commitments to God. We'll do what we said we'd do. And a lot of times we make some promises to God, don't we? We tell God we're going to do something. We call that committing our life to the Lord. And when we're truly thankful, we'll do what we said we would do. But I know sometimes we're not truly thankful. And watch this. Sometimes we don't do what we said we would do. And you know what has to happen then? We have to recommit. You ever done this or heard of somebody, I recommitted my life to the Lord? Well, God didn't break a commitment, but a lot of times we do. When we're truly thankful, we will pay our vows. just means I'm going to do what I told God I would do. I'm going to keep my promises. If I told God I'm going to do this, Lord, I'm going to do better. I want to do this. And you can fill in the blank because all of us have said things. Let's make sure that we follow through. When I'm really thankful to God, then I'm going to want to do what I told him I would do to him. 
we will also give back in verse 29 of this passage of scripture in first chronicles give to the lord glory to his name bring an offering and come before him see true thanksgiving realizes everything i have comes from god everything i have comes from god so i have no problem giving some of it back but when i start thinking that everything i have is mine somehow i did this well, then I'm going to be clawing a hold of it. I'm going to hold on to it. But you see, we have no problem giving back some of it because we can never repay all of it, can we? But when I'm truly thankful, I have no problem bringing an offering and giving to God because I know he gave it to me in the first place and all that I have came from his hand. And genuine thanksgiving goes beyond the walls of this sanctuary. Now, as I mentioned before, thanksgiving should go on in here. And thanksgiving in our life should involve regular visits to this place so we can give thanks in his courts and in his sanctuary and at his altar. But notice what it says in verse 23 of this passage of Scripture. Sing to the earth all, sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim the good news of his salvation day to day, declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all people. Now the King James Version says, declare his glory among the heathen. Now in South Arkansas, we have our own definition of what a heathen is. In fact, we have a different spelling. We put an R in there, the heathen. And a lot of times we'll call somebody a heathen. Well, in the original Hebrew, in the King James, when it talks about the heathen, it has nothing to do with personality or character. It's talking about anybody that wasn't a Hebrew. So what am I got to do if I'm going to go to somebody that's not a Hebrew and tell them about the great God of our salvation? I've got to leave this place and do something out there. You see... Genuine thanksgiving is going to result in our doing something and doing something out there. Of course, I'm glad that I belong to a church that has no problem doing things out there because you do some stuff. We include people with a homeless shelter and the other ministries and other benevolent things, and you do things out there. A lot of things we're aware of that we do together, the homeless shelter, the food pantry, and of course the, uh, the Hannah pregnancy and, and the compassion. We, we, we take care of all those people, special things, and we pitch in on the, the toys for tots and the, the, the teens with the foster. A lot of these things, we're aware of these things. But then I, I, I'm filled in on some of what you're doing because I know a lot of you do other things, just you that help people out. And you minister to others and you're the hands and feet of Jesus and, and just you know about it or maybe a handful of people around you. And every now and then I'll get word of this kind of thing. See, what we have here is when we're generally thankful, it's going to involve a worship service, that's sure, but oh, genuine thankfulness means we do something out there. Now, what kind of things can we do out there? I, mean, I don't know, maybe you're puzzled about this. 
Oh, well, there's lots of things you can do, and I don't think you'll have any trouble finding something to do. But you see, when we're really thankful, the worship service doesn't end when we say amen and walk out the door. The worship service just starts when we do things that are outside of the walls. And it says and we do that day by day. That means it involves other places besides this place and other days besides Sunday. See, worship to God and thanksgiving to God is going to involve Sunday. It's going to involve the church walls, but it's going to involve other places and every other day of the week. That is true thanksgiving. But thanksgiving is only made possible by something we see in this passage of Scripture that we just read in verse 23 and 24. Sing unto the earth, sing unto the Lord all the earth, proclaim the good news of the salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations and his wonders among all people, proclaim the good news of his salvation. Without that, there would be no thanksgiving. Without the good news of God's salvation, we would be in despair. But with the good news of God's salvation, we can have hearts that are thankful because we know no matter how much hurt, how much pain, how much hardship, how much discomfort, how much sadness that sometimes we feel with the good news of his salvation, we know that through it all, eternity looks wonderful, doesn't it? And this is all just temporary. And we have an eternal home, an eternal family, eternal safety because of the good news of his salvation. That means even in the worst of time, we have something glorious. Didn't Paul say it this way? Thanks be to God for this unspeakable gift. The unspeakable gift. Beyond words, that's salvation. And he says, make sure, make sure, as we enjoy this salvation and thank God for this salvation, he said, proclaim the good news of his salvation and let other people know that's another thing that we do as a church is proclaim the good news of salvation because there is no other organization on the face of the earth that's entrusted to do that. We're it. We've got it. Make sure we do the job that God gives us to do. We prepare for an invitation on him. Simple thoughts about thanksgiving. Do you know the joy and peace and confidence that belongs to a heart that's totally committed and trusting God? Has it been a long time since we said, Lord, I'm not as thankful as I should be? You know, we pray hard about some things sometimes. We pray hard about things when it comes to a tragedy or a potential tragedy or, or somebody's sick, we want them to get well, or emergencies and accidents. Do we pray just as hard when we're thanking God that we're not going through that right now? Are we just as intense in our prayer when we realize I'm not facing an emergency? I'm well. 
Most of my family's well. Sometimes we're prone not to pray that hard. Let us make sure that we look at our hearts and make sure we have that true heart of thankfulness in the sanctuary and then carry that out with us today as we stand and sing. What number?